0: hi guys it's me Paula and I pray and I want to send a message out to you today that I pray will really impact your life for your lifetime and it's about exposing the accuser of uh, out there right now and those who are causing trouble and I believe I'm going to uncover something by the help of the Lord here so let's pray father everyone on this uh podcast, I pray you open the eyes of their understanding. It'll be enlightened that they might know, Lord, you, Holy Spirit, come. Be on this podcast and help people to see who is the accuser. How do we deal with the accuser? How do we overcome the accuser? In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen and amen. So be it. So on this call, podcast call, I want to expose the accuser, the brethren. And the way I'm going to do it, I'm actually going to read to you uh, from a book entitled Exposing the Accuser of the Brethren, a discernment series by uh, Francis Fajapain. Uh And it's unmasking the, the enemies of the church. Now, Francis, I was introduced to Francis Fagipane um, back in the 90s when I lived up north, you know, up in Pennsylvania. And I was going to Bible school. And his his ministry impacted me a great deal, and uh, our Bible school teacher wanted us to study, you know, some of his books, so one of the books that I got a hold of was about guarding your tongue, and um, this is something that we all have issues with, um, and I'm just going to read to you from a little bit from page 29, and he said, guard your tongue, and he said, my, and I'm going to paraphrase, as much of the Father, what the Father supplies to his people is to furnish, is furnished through what we say, it's not simply a positive, like premeditated, you know, confession expressed in prayer. It's consists of everything that comes out of our mouths. So didn't Christ say, though, that we would be judged by every careless word that we speak in Matthew twelve thirty six? So what words are, words are containers. And what I see is words are like little pellets of power. And words are formed in our heart through our mind, you know, what we think about, what we look at, what we meditate upon, what we believe, words come communicated out of us and they are part of us. So when someone speaks, you know something about them or how, obviously how they behave. But when someone says something, you know, if it's sarcastic or if it has a hard edge to it, uh, the tone um, you can just tell a person by their words. I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? So your words overflow the condition of your of what's in your heart. So Christ said whether we are in faith or whether we're unbelief is going to be proven through our words. When our tongue is just like loose, and in our country you see a loose tongue. You see it in the church. You see accusations flowing back and forth every day. Um, it the Bible actually defines that in James 3, 6, as you set on fire the the course of your life or hell. Hellfire is actually, the fire of hell is able, hell is able to do something. In other words, create something, cause trouble, even so by your words. I'm speaking to the church now. So if we support one another and we protect one another, if But if we're fault finding and we criticize and we gossip and we're tail bearers, uh, we we are judged for those evil words. So God looks at what is said, and sometimes we you know we have a tendency, all of us, you know, say, "Well, I've never murdered anyone, or I've never done this," or you always label these big, big what we call sins that that are horrendous, right? Like you could sit there and list them all, but. Actually God is saying what's down in your heart that comes out of your mouth what you think about what you think about what you look at what you listen to uh in your heart he sees the sin of the heart he sees the sins of the heart so we don't often think like that we just think well the act part but it started out in the heart it started out in the mind it started out in the will and um then it acted itself out <laughs> and it was negative thing consequently we must learn each of our thoughts and the conversations we have and our prayers and how we offer those up to God in secret and that's gonna that's gonna be kind of a telltale thing and your prayers getting answered and why your prayers are not answered so it's not just dear Lord help me please you know we're all we pray like that don't we when we're in trouble I have you know and and I can't take this anymore you know kind of thing right um, oh, please, God. You know, I'm not mocking that. I'm just saying that's how we are. But he's saying, I'm looking at your hearts. And I'm looking what's come out, out of your mouth. And so by every word, every idle word. So our tongues, are they flaming tongues of fire? or are, are they loose lips? Are they unclean? Because in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah said, put a coal upon my mouth or my tongue, that I'm, the coal was a symbol of fire burning, and that I might have no unclean lip. lips. Isaiah was, uh, Isaiah's lips were cleansed as he was touched by the, the fire of God on the altar of the Lord. When we draw close to God, the symbol of fire was on the day of Pentecost, uh, also a symbol of a dove. Uh, but the fire of the Lord is what we need right now, the fire of God. A sign of the infilling, though, the Spirit, was not just the fire, it was the wind, the tsunami wind, I call it, that came, but also speaking in other languages or the tongues of men and angels, a gift of tongues. So what I found... When I get lazy and I don't pray in tongues or pray in the spirit, we call that praying in the spirit because the Bible says, Paul, the great apostle said, I pray in tongues more than you all. Forbid not speaking in tongues. So you can do whatever you want with that. Whether you believe that, that's your problem. You better take it up with Jesus because in Mark 16, very clearly the head of the church, Jesus Christ himself, sent it into heaven. He said, these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast all demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These are the doctrines of the church, the New Testament church, and all through our life, we are the church, the body of Christ, believers on the earth. Whether you practice that, whether you believe that, you're going to have to take that up with Jesus, okay? So I wasn't going to go there, but I just did that. So casting down the accuser, how do we cast, how do we cast down what starts in our heart, comes out of our mouth? So he said, by the word of your testimony, what you say out of your mouth in Revelation twelve eleven, 11, they overcame him, who? The accuser of the brethren. So let, let's do this. We have to enter into intercession and prayer. This is a prayer ministry and intercede on behalf of those who need prayer. And that's probably the last thing people want to do. It's like when they're in confrontation, like, I'm not going to pray for my enemy. I don't like them. You know, but actually, there is a principle there that when you pray for your enemy, the Lord will bless you. And when you actually ask God to do good for them, you're not acquitting them. You're not judging them. You're saying, here, God, you're the just judge. I'm going to pray for them because it's pretty serious what they're saying about me or others or the church or you know, whatever is going on in our government right now or president or everything that's going on. So... We need to be accountable for that. So instead of talking about the sins of the people or the faults, let's start praying for them. But let's look at it from a different dimension. Um, You know, we need cleansing ourselves. And this blood of Jesus that was shed establishes, it should establish in us a meekness and a humbleness that his blood was shed. If you were the only one on the planet, he would have shed his blood just for you. And so that kind of idea that he shed his blood for everyone then that should make you a little more humble so by the word of your testimony the bible says in revelation 19 10 10 the pro- testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy so to truly overcome the enemy we must live and think kind of like prophetically we must see each other as god sees us the end from the beginning so we're not all perfected yet right <laughs> we're, we're going there we're running on our road to the to the mark of the high calling christ jesus so we need to overcome any illusions that the enemy has put up there. Um, and the first one that's a tough one um, is Paul said in Acts twenty twenty four. I do not consider my life of any account as dear to me in order that I might finish my course. So um, you can't overcome the, the enemy, Satan, if you are harboring self-pity and sympathy for that which needs to be crucified in you. So in other words, the Bible says you're born of the Spirit of God. If you're a born-again Christian, your spirit is born again. Now your flesh is, you still live in your body. You still have your mind, your intellect, your imagination, your will, right? That's all you, part of who you are, your tripart being. So you have to crucify the flesh. So we have to differentiate between when things are rising up and it's like we just want to speak something out. And that happens to all of us. We just want to give a retort you know we just want to defend ourselves right or you just want to be defensive like for example you know Thanksgiving is coming up right and most people you know go travel their families well I'm going to be home and I'm going to be making dinner here so I don't have to deal with some some of my family outlaws outlaws, (laughs) outlaw because I don't I get with my friends and Christians and my own family is Christian so my little family so I don't have to worry about that So we're kind of all in agreement here that are people that we're meeting with. However, if you have to travel and you have to meet with the family, there can be some real I don't know say harsh attitudes and words and how do you deal with that? How are you gonna handle that? You're just gonna does your family just, you know, pretend nothing's wrong? Or do they actually begin to speak out and do they start judging one another? They get in arguments. Some families actually start fighting. Uh, over what's going on right now in our government politically. So you're going to have to guard your heart, and out of it comes the issues of life, and you can destroy. So living in the spirit prophecy is understanding that the Lord is coming again. second coming of Jesus is inevitable. When he's going to come, he said, no one knows but the Father, that time and season, but he is coming again. And there are many signs of the times that we can look at a prophecies that have already been there are 500 prophecies by the way concerning the messiah that's already been fulfilled just so you know over 500 um in the old covenant that described him jesus so um, back to loving your life any illusion loving not loving not our own lives even into death um you can't overcome satan if you're in self-pity or sympathy for the devil, or you want the applause of man, um, so the accuser has to be cast down first in our minds, so any kind of image, you have false image, or thing, you know, I want to be liked by everyone, or I want everybody to be, I want to be on the team, the winning team, okay, I understand that, but we have to first cast it out, you know, out of our minds, so that the accuser starts in our minds, now, if you're a very young Christian, you don't even recognize him, he's just, sideswiped you (laughs) you don't even know you just got hit you know like he's tracking you and he's planning thoughts there okay and they're very very subtle and they're very quiet but you've entertained them probably most people do and you've got to crucify that flesh because the flesh is where it begins and he is there to help you (laughs) you know act out so you need to be careful and protect yourself from the accuser, but how do you handle how do you personally handle and how do we handle criticism and and I, I like this because Francis vanjapa said in his book that if you 're going to be successful and do the lord 's work, and some of you are not in ministry, so you know, but some of you are, you must find um, god 's hiding place from one of the most painful weapons, which is criticism, a critical tongue. And But he says, if you're going to do the Lord's work, there will be people who will, if you're going to cause change, now if you're kind of a, uh, you know, Casper milquetoast individual, or you're kind of like, oh, you know, user friendly, grace, 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 and we just have to make sure that everybody is happy, and we can't upset, rock the boat, we can't, you know, say anything, we can't come out against abortion, for example, that we don't believe in it. Uh, We can't speak how we feel, um, you know, the left, how they're operating against the president regarding this illegal uh, action they're doing, uh, which is unprecedented, by the way, in our nation's history with um, impeachment. I don't want to go there, but this is actually illegal, what they're doing and uh, the Democrats. But anyway, uh, on a lighter note... um, we need to make sure that we understand that people could you know, not like us for saying the things we say. Christians aren't favored um, for taking a pro-life view, for example. I'm just using that for an example. Um, for taking, uh, not wanting to uh, give up their weapons because they want to protect themselves. I, I heard a couple of years ago, whether you like him or not, Jerry Falwell Jr., Jr. Um, You know the chancellor of Liberty University, a Christian university, when there were campus uh, shootings going on, he said, "If you're if you're legal, if you have a right to you know permit to carry a weapon, uh, and you're you know you have one, and you're uh, on this campus, he he said, I am telling you, you have a right to defend yourselves. So he goes, if they want to come on our campus, we will we will shoot, we will. We're not going to lay down like a fool. We're not going to be foolish." People say oh no if you're if you're a Christian, you need to be passive and love everyone. Well, if somebody's holding a gun to your head, like you mean you mean the church that was trampled upon by the guy who shot everyone, and there was one person who uh, I mean the, wrestled that person and and got them away from the congregation, protected them. Do you don't think that was God inspired that God didn't protect the people through this person use them to help uh, prevent even more deaths i mean so we don't we don't want to be foolish, like not use wisdom. If somebody's coming into your territory, you have a right. I didn't say violence, to cause violence. I said to protect yourself and your family. So I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that, but I feel like I needed to say that. So if Satan can attack us, his campaign is to destroy God's Word and those who minister to his people. So, you know, there's going to be this problem in the church it's right now people tend to make preachers ministers personalities you know whether they're in the music industry whether they're preachers on tv whether they're televangelists whether they're whoever you know there's one right now that's famous he's come out right now and says you know he's a christian and he's pro-jesus and everybody's conversing about it well people have a tendency to make that person or people an idol And so, yeah, so if Satan can attack a person, it would be in that arena. And they would become, um, on one hand, the person's an idol, but then you have the other side saying they actually will crucify the person. So um, people, most people fail to remember that a minister is just, or anyone in ministry or has a platform, a Christian platform, is not not a superwoman or a superman and words do not bounce off of them they hurt them and they're not invulnerable to cruel malicious talk and they're not they're not perfect or they're not perfected and you're not either but we always forget that and for the most part church is a place where we're supposed to express our worship to God and to love and to fellowship but um the real work is really in our hearts and crucifying the flesh and also casting down imaginations in our mind and getting the right perspective being united but again you have the flip side where people are actually sinning in a church and they're allowed to do it because everyone's afraid to speak up against the pastor or the leadership and so you have these two sides and both need wisdom Uh, but God has provided like an honorable way for us to um, not find fault and cause a split because you know People do leave ministries and churches because they're supposed to leave, but some won't get out. I mean, God does move people on and into other ask, ask paths and avenues in life. But when when there is a severe severing of a relationship through uh, talk or gossip or words or backbiting or criticism, accusing, you know, in Proverbs six sixteen through 19, read it, God himself is angered by that. You know, he said, if you offend one of these little ones, and he was speaking, those who, who love Jesus, who are following him, it would be better that a millstone be hung around your neck and you drown in the sea. That's, that's pretty stalking crazy. I went, Jesus said, it'd be better you die, just drown, than live, because you're going to go to hell if you cause one of these to stumble and fall away from me and teach them to not love me and hurt them. Um, Paul said, I would rather, you know, not eat this food. If I think it would hurt you sacrifice the idols. So they were bringing pagans into the church who were getting saved and coming to Christ. And some of them, you know, were still sensitive and they thought that the food that, that they brought in that was used for a sacrifice, they would actually give food to the, to their idols was sinful if they ate it. And Paul said, I will not eat this if it would offend you. What kind of man was Paul? Like, if I think that this would offend by the way I dress, like, for example, I see women, especially younger women, they will dress like they look really bad. I mean, and they call themselves a Christian or they will compromise so much in their personal lives. And just, uh, it's really, it's really a bad, not just a bad example, but it's like, it's really terrible because you look and act just like someone in the world. There's no difference. I don't see a difference. So I think you need to check yourself there and be careful with that, and men as well. So how does a man or woman of God find a balance to re- survive and live in this world? Um, God God's survived, like I said, honorable ways. We, don't, we can deal with the situation and not have to be getting on the Internet and... Um, you know really on Twitter and you know Facebook or Instagram wherever and whatever you're doing I don't know or just whatever social media and begin to target criticize uh on YouTube and get on these channels and just tear people apart I mean there that is an embittered spirit and uh we need to stop that the answer is found um there's a lot of imbalance there and a lot of um people coming behind people's backs and really hurting them and now so what do you do in your family what do you do when you have a difference in your family most people say well there's no real leader in our family there's no christian leader there's no one no father it's just a dysfunctional family everybody's broken apart it's going to be difficult but there has to be one in the in the in the family that rises up and brings unity and so what do you do when everybody wants to talk about what's we're gonna talk about what's going on, you know, right now in our world. Uh, but how do you handle that? Um, you gotta look at your mind. You gotta look at your heart. You gotta say, Lord, I don't wanna. I wanna be protected from. You're not gonna be immune from from every accusation, but I, I wanna be protected from being part of the crowd and being mind controlled and just indoctrinated. In what everybody's saying, repeat what everybody is saying, without really having the cold hard facts on what's going on. Um, and so we do have to come under the cross, the blood of the cross again. And, um, we can't, you know, we can't allow people to persuade us, or we can't be afraid to speak the truth in love either. We can't, I see Christians are really afraid to step out. Um, and they're afraid to really, um, stand up for people. Like, for example, you should be standing up for those who are righteous, who you know are righteous. I had some situations in my past, too, that we all have had them. But where I, you know, I can really recall very young, you know, I was very, very young. And I was going into ministry, and I was stepping out prophetically as very young. I had been ordained in ministry. And I had a real trouble with some people who came against me. And they were doing it behind my back, but I remembered the Lord brought to my attention, there were three people who knew me well, and they knew the same people I knew. And two of those people stood up for me. And I'm very proud of them because they knew me personally. And they were able to speak and address the situation and really walk out of it, walk away from it. Um, so I would pray for those people, um, and be accountable, uh, for, to the Lord, uh, so no matter what the devilish plot or accusation, it's everything Satan wants to use is to destroy God's lovely bride, His church that He's redeemed, and also hatred for those, the adversities that are we're seeing in our world today, um, towards one another. Um, you know there is going to be persecution, guys. I mean. I can't talk about accusation without referring into this book, which says, "Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness." Matthew five ten. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Certainly, he does not mean that um, we're going to be experiencing heaven all the time on earth. I mean, there is going to be some suffering, some some suffering, um, but God wants to break anything in our lives and liberate us from this that we, regardless of men's opinion, of us even, in our ministry, or our lives, or what you're doing, or what you're doing for the Lord, that we we have to be careful that we understand there will be pressure and persecution. Now everybody's going to like what you stand for. So we don't want to be on the accusing side. And then we do not want to allow ourselves to become embittered or to just want the praise of men. And this is what this book talks about, um, is when he was having some uh, attacks, Francis Faget the author of this book, he sought the Lord, and the Lord didn't vindicate him right away from his accusers, but the Lord began to deal with him. So on the inside, and began to touch some very deep places in his soul, and he realized that the Lord showed him that the criticism was very deep, and it was wrong, but it actually dealt with him in that, the Holy Spirit began to show him um, that he was being manipulated by the enemy through the criticisms of the people. So think through that to get in to start fighting to defend himself. Are you manipulated when someone says something you don't like, just take it on a low level, and you fight back, and you get up and you defend yourself in their face? That's not really God's way for you. He might want to be doing something with you too, in your heart that um, the enemy wants to raise up where it needs to die. Your flesh needs to come under. And Satan would want to destroy people through slander and drain them, um, get people on their side. That's very common, by the way, to get a group of people on your side to defend you, of course. Um, But in the first place, what God showed Francis Badgepain was that he truly wanted the praise of man. He truly wanted that idol you know, that praise of man, everyone, actually it says, Jesus said, if all men say good things about you, beware, did you know Jesus said that? He said, you can't serve two masters, either love one or hate the other, but he said, beware when all men say good about you, and I think he he was mentioning in that time, the world, what the world was going to do, and how it would persecute you, and, and it wouldn't love you, you know, they didn't love me, so they won't love you, They wouldn't submit to Jesus. So how do you stay protected from these words? You're not like a superwoman or Superman. Everything just bounces off of you. Well, you got to run to the cross. We all do. We have to run to the cross. We've got to find out that God already redeemed us from this curse, the devil, and that we need to take our stand and we need to come to him. And And Jesus said, blessed are those who have been persecuted for me. For the kingdom of heaven is yours, in Matthew five ten. If you've if you've suffered persecution because of the way you believe, um, you know we must learn this truth. God doesn't want your flesh to survive. He doesn't want us to reform and conform to this world and want people people to like us necessarily. We want them to come to Christ and repent. That's what you should to Jesus. But when we're offended. We have to do Jesus. What did? How do you do Jesus? Well, I don't know. This is re- remarkable to me. But while he was being crucified, he actually said, "Father, forgive them." In Luke twenty three thirty four, they do not know what they're doing. So, regardless of man's opinions about us, whether we are exalted or abased, let us determine to carry Christ's cross through the conflict, and um. So God's will is for us to have revival in this nation, I believe, to bring a second or third great awakening, some call it. But, you know, but we've got to refuse to be offended, harboring unforgiveness. And let's pray right now, shall we? Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us to bear with humility criticisms or accusations. And even, we don't have to defend everyone, Lord, that we love even, but Lord, we say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, grant us peace to spiritually prosper and not find fault, Lord, but let us help us to die in our flesh to all that you want dead in us and alive to you, our spirit. We can serve you better, Lord, and we desperately want to be in your love nature and in your image. So, Lord, help us to take these things right now. We may still stumble, Lord, but help us to carry our cross, Lord, and get rid of self-pity and embrace the love of Christ that forgives us and everyone. And Father, we thank you today in the name of Jesus for all those dreams and imaginations and things that you've given us, that really godly imaginations, Lord, and dreams that you want fulfilled in our lives. Everyone on this podcast, oh, Father, we praise you for your ability to take even what was meant for evil, and use it for for the good of everyone, Lord, on this call, and thank you for turning the assault of the accuser um, toward running toward Your presence, Father. There's no place you'd rather be than with You and Your throne. So grant us a humble heart that. We might quickly flee to you to the house of refuge you are a house of refuge father that we would come to you and seek you and not run after man and get everybody to get on our team and agree with us and 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 you know find fault and we'd all are in agreement to accuse this person and and be part of the gossip or the fault finding god forgive us forgive the church lord forgive us for doing that and help us though to be strong to speak up about those things that are important to you father at this season coming up, holiday times, where we will be with people who don't agree with us necessarily, or with you, Lord. We pray for them and ask you to forgive them even in advance, Lord, and we ask you to bless everyone on this podcast. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you. Amen. Thank you for being on this call. I pray that you gleaned something it's you lay hold of one thing. I'm always saying that because when we do teachings and lessons, we just if there's something spark like a spark, you know, like a fire it doesn't it may be a firestorm in you. I don't know. But let's just say a little spark and now it's going to be a firestorm. And you're going to lay hold of that. It's going to change you and you're going to help others. So I thank you so much. God bless you for being with me today. Bye bye.